This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello. And welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are, guess what? We're continuing the list of, whoa, 350 questions, things you should ask conversation starters. And we're starting today with number 282. What normally delicious food gets ruined when you wrap it in a tortilla? Maybe like cake? It's a hard thing to describe. Like tortillas are good. Tortillas are very good. And I could see them adding a lot of different things. But I can see like it being weird with cake. But with that said, peanut butter, banana, and like some kind of chocolate tastes really, really good in flour tortillas. So I don't know. I was trying to think of something that's like normally liquid and thus would fall out. So maybe uh, my first thought was Jello, but then we don't eat Jello now because gelatin and I didn't eat Jello to begin with. But that's a whole another story. It is, which may have even come up on the podcast at least once. At this point, it's been several years. Uh, so then I thought, well, maybe like tapioca pudding, but for some reason, tapioca with tortilla doesn't sound awful because they're both kind of like bready. So. It wouldn't be my go-to, but maybe that could work. Spaghetti would not be affected. I would still eat a spaghetti taco or a burrito. Right? Like, what would you not eat a burrito of that you that is normally delicious? I feel like I have a kind of an iron stomach, so I don't know how bad it would have to be. And to relate this to line dance, I don't, I don't even... Yeah. Normally delicious food. Is there anything that we we eat at line dance events that gets... Oh, this is like, I don't know about delicious, but we definitely have stories on the podcast about cans of fruit cocktail. (laughs) I don't know if I would enjoy a burrito of canned fruit cocktail. And, you know, on its own, maybe I could see it being delicious. But like ambrosia with some kind of whipped non-dairy currently topping uh and then all that fruit cocktail i don't know that the tortilla would make it better but wait a second what did we have in palm springs were those tamales at the the mexican stand yes yeah they were like they were tamales yes and they had like flavored masa which is the corn stuff so there could be dessert tamales which i didn't know were a possibility so maybe ambrosia burritos could still happen not that i should go back to fruit cocktail in a can after whatever i think big bang that was i just i overdid it i overdosed (laughs) i if you bring liquid based food to an event or if you buy it while you're at an event and you're planning on taking it home don't save them all for the last day because you will eat too much of that thing. I think I had like six cans of fruit cocktail and and what were the canned grapes? Or that was like what three years ago, and it's still too soon. <laughs> still too soon. Do not do. Learn from my mistake. That's what this podcast is for, partly. Number two eight three. What's your best example of fake it till you make it? Oh, you can do a lot with line dance in this. 
pick a dance. <laughs> um, most of the dances I dance is a fake it till I make it situation. Uh, yeah, I can't even. I mean, I think what even just last night when we were reviewing a couple dances, I had said something like, eh, it's okay, I'll just fake it. <laughs> I think what comes to mind first for me would be teaching when you're not prepared, but you need to seem prepared. Like if somebody requests a teach of a dance like five minutes before you're supposed to go up and do it and you don't really know it that well, you still have to speak confidently to not freak out everyone in the crowd and, and you don't want to hesitate and put a bunch of uhs and ums and like sabotage your own teach. So when things come to you, like mnemonic devices or metaphors, if you're able to convey them with a feeling of confidence, like this is something you've given a lot of thought to, and this is the best way to express the comparison, it'll come across possibly better for your students then I'm pulling this out of my elbows right now. This is this is a new thought for me as much as it is for all of you. But that's fun because then you're learning while they're learning. Everyone learns together. Yeah, I think a- another example would be when we're teaching and we tell people like variations are your friends because sometimes you don't remember the dance. So if you kind of like add a couple spins until you remember where you're at, like sometimes it helps. Oh, um, I think this has also come up when teaching, when you misteach something and you realize afterward, but you don't want to tell everyone, okay, forget everything you saw. That was a mistake. Sometimes that's okay. And sometimes you can tell, you can just look at like, how bad was it? Could I do anything differently? And then, and then you say, okay, so that's one way you can do it. However, if you want to go by the step sheet, then you're going to want to do this instead because we like to stick with the step sheet. So uh, that first way is a possibility, but going forward, I'm going to be doing it this way. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Also demos. Demos, definitely. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. We're always prepared for demos. And the ones where we kind of stop and look around uh, while the others are, are still doing the dance, those are great opportunities to focus on the choreographer so that we all direct our attention toward the person responsible for creating this dance. And then once we're all looking at them and not us or the floor or our feet, then we can rejoin. So it's a moment of gratitude to the choreographer or choreographers. And we wouldn't want to draw focus away from that by, you know, doing all the same steps as them. <laughs> Number two, eight, four. What were you completely certain of until you found out you were wrong? Oh, boy. Demos. <laughs> yeah, that is accurate. Wow. Taps in particular. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yep. We went over that one so many times up in the room. Uh, if only we had gone over it like before the event more than that. Um, what else? I feel like there must be some dance that I thought was... Mm, 
trying to think like no because like black velvet we don't have here and when i found out that it was ski bumpus i thought okay well that's fine that's the real name that happens a lot with like this choreographer unknown stuff or like uncertain origins you think you know you start to get up on your soapbox and you say oh well this is the way it is and then somebody else says oh actually no it's this or um you know what's the the first line dance what's the oldest line dance and then it just keeps getting pushed back further and further and then you're not sure anymore do you have any more thoughts on this oh yeah go for it uh so what am i completely certain of until i found out i was wrong that that is the dance to that song that's a big one that these dances were just known and passed down that like choreographers weren't a thing um <laughs> yeah i could kind of go on about that kind of stuff Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't say I was like certain of burn it to the ground being burn it to the ground because I just kind of accepted it at the time. But by then we knew that Northern and Southern California is kind of, they're, they're both kind of wonky in, in what is what. So I was definitely open to learning that it was actually a different dance, which it was and is, and it's Turbo Twang by Max Perry and Peter Metelnik. Uh Let's see. What are we completing? Oh, okay. You know what I'm going to go with? My my definitive answer on this one is going to be fake ID. I just figured that the way we were doing it at Mavericks was right. That was the dance. It, you do you do your three quarter turn to start over, and I just figured everyone else was doing it weird or lazily or whatever. They're just doing A B because they don't want to learn the phrasing or whatever. Because like at the time most of my knowledge was based around Mavericks and Santa Rosa. This was about five years ago, longer. And then I go online and I, I see the choreographers showing the steps that are in the movie, but they never go through it all the way. So there is no real full dance officially for fake ID. There are all these other things that people have done with those steps to fit the music or not. And that's it. That's all we have. Oh, oh my gosh. And also, okay, honorary mention, I was certain that the wobble was the wobble. It is actually a dance called Nasty Girl, a soul line dance that is often left uncredited uh, from like 2004. Note, 2004, wobble, I believe came out 2008? maybe so if that dance already existed clearly it cannot just be the wobble it is nasty girl set to the song wobble by vic um ditto for the outlaw being country as can be i just figured the outlaw was the outlaw but it's actually country as can be with minor step changes that became renamed the outlaw other thoughts no not really you kind of covered them hmm well, I'm sure we'll be certain of lots more things and find out we're wrong over time. I think it was like 288. 285. Oh, I see. Okay. So in a, in, in a few, um, we're going to have 288 and 286, I'm going to call a dibs on. But we're on 285. What's something commonly done that gets progressively weirder the more you think about it? Hmm. Line dancing. <laughs> it is a little weird, you know? Yeah, I've described it as if one of if one of us, if one of us line dancers decides we're going to go out to the middle of a plaza and just line dance. It doesn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. And after a while, somebody, I mean, somebody will look at that and say, oh, wow, they're dancing. 
Wait, they did that already, didn't they? They're just doing the same stuff. They're just turning and doing the same stuff over and over. What is this? This, is, this guy's crazy. And then a second person line dances with them. And oh, oh, they're doing a thing. Two people are doing it. Therefore, it's acceptable. It's a, it's a real thing that's happening right now. I don't know what it is, but with two of them, it all makes sense. And the guy's not crazy. But really, it's just two of us being crazy together. So uh, it, it's an odd thing that we all accept is just what we do. We all get together from different places. We hug and, and we share stories. And then we all stand apart from each other and do the same thing for three minutes. And then another song comes on and we do that too. It's very weird. Other than that, what else is commonly done in line dance that gets progressively weirder the more you think about it? Oh. What about you? You have any more thoughts on that? No, I pretty much answered it with the just overall blanket term of line dance. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about like, is there anything in like technique or adding more turns? I mean, I can understand why people add more turns. So like, it's not really weird. Um, they keep hiring us for some reason. That's kind of weird. Who are we? We just came out of the country bars in Petaluma and Santa Rosa. And people like when we show up to places. I don't know. Sometimes. Huh. Well, if anything else, if I'm progressively thinking about something and it becomes weirder um, over iterations, I, I will I will update. you have a thought? Two Crystal Boot Awards. Yes. That is weird. Go Line Dance Podcast. As part of award-winning radio stations on the internet plural 286 what's the cutest thing you can imagine something so cute it's almost painful joe thompson Samansky wearing her antenna ball red white and blue puffs dancing on international night at vegas dance explosion in what year was that? 2018? 17? I think maybe. What was the colored light night? Your first year was 2016, and that was the year with Guyton and Roy and all them. I think maybe it was the following year. It's either 16 or 17. Either 16 or 17. Then it would have to be seven, 17 because you were there. Oh, but you were there. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I don't know that. Somebody should look it up on my YouTube because we have video of her dancing in this. And she's just adorable. And and I I love seeing Joe dress up for everything because she gets so into it and so spirited. For back in town, your man is back in town, uh, at Windy City Line Dance Mania, she specially styled her hair into sort of like a 1920s looking bun and she, I think she put like a flower in her hair. And she didn't have to, but she did. And that's the little extra something that Joe always finds a way to do. She'll just put that little extra special something in. So for Vegas Dance Explosion, she had the antenna ball things. And I just, just wanted to squeeze her and put her in my front pocket or something. Just carry her around. Just adorable, wonderful woman. So yeah, something so cute, it's almost painful. I think that applies. What's yours? 
The way Rachel used to run off the floor after <laughs> demos. <laughs> yes. You can see her put on this like big sweeping nightclub. And then at the end, she just goes, bow. And then she runs away. <laughs> 287. If you were given unlimited resources, how would you lure the worst of humanity into one stadium at the same time. I don't like the thought of the worst of humanity, but maybe if you told them there was like a puppy con- kicking convention or something, I don't really know what you would you'd call the worst of humanity. Uh, oh, if you wanted to lure dancers with potentially dangerous dance habits into one stadium at the same time, I feel like country music would be involved as much as I love the country music for line dancing. Uh, But again, that's not about people being bad dancers. It's about them potentially hurting themselves or others. So maybe, maybe if you put on the song, this is only for some parts of, I think this state, I don't even know if this is done anywhere else. If you put on the song for Hot Foot, which is Wild and Free by Rednecks. And um, and you just made it faster and faster and then told everyone, all right, now Contra. So now they're kicking each other. And then you say, all right, four-way Contra. Kind of like Ghost Train. If you do Ghost Train at the Grad or Stoney's and everyone's going in different directions, that could cause some injuries. Definitely not what I would call the worst of humanity, but of course, we try to relate this to line dance as much as we can. So worst in the sense of people might hurt themselves and each other and limit their ability to dance further in the future. Your thoughts? I'm trying to change the question. Right? Yeah. I I mean, obviously, if you were given unlimited resources, how would you lure humanity into one stadium at the same time? I'd say free puppies. but And then I'd trick them into line dancing. Free pet insurance because they can't always handle a free puppy and they need help. They need vet help. Well, yes, it would be a whole education thing. But, and then I would, you know, have line dancing there too, so. Um, unlimited resource. So also reinterpreting worst of humanity. If you took people who hated dance, were morally opposed to it, and just couldn't stand the thought of people enjoying themselves with music, I would potentially, in this stadium, bring them all in with the the promise of like a, a music burning. Uh, record smashing event and while they're there they're in these little uh, segregated booths or something somewhere where they can't see each other like like those mirrors where you can't see through and you put on just okay now please wait while we prepare your records to be smashed and you just put something on in the background just like elevator music but let's say it's like funky town and they're, you know, they're standing around. They're just kind of like tapping their foot. They're there to smash music. They want it over. They want no dancing. But, I mean, you just can't help it with some songs. So they're just kind of like tapping along. And then maybe like as it builds to a climax toward the end, 
you do whatever you need to do to the mirrors so they can all see each other now. Now, now it's just like clear glass and you see all these people who say they hate music and they're all grooving to funky town. And then, and then you teach them a line dance to it. Yeah. Like electric slide. You have dibs on this next one. Number 288. What do you think about when you hear the word? Classy, and I wonder if it has anything to do with 286. <laughs> That's gonna be Miss Joe Thompson Zemanski, hands down, followed very, very neck and neck with Miss Rachel McEnany White. Yeah, I agree with those for sure. Uh, anyone who has met them would probably say the same. And you know, who I'm gonna lump in there as well is Mr. John Robinson. Cause he he guy. he is he likes to have fun he gets silly he gets loose he plays on the dance floor especially with Jill and Joanne and that's Jill Babnick and Joanne Brady and also when he needs to get down to work and make something clear for students he is able to do that in a calm and professional way and when he encounters things that stress him out or people who maybe upset him in some way, he's able to manage his emotions in a practical, cool-headed manner. Maybe in, on his own, he's like, ah, I can't believe these people. But whenever he needs to relay that story to others or express what it was that he learned from it, he comes at it from sort of a sense of understanding or empathy and he doesn't just dismiss and write off people as terrible all the time he knows that people just have bad days or they're different from him in some way in some way that makes them unable to understand him so they just say what they want and do what they want and i i find him to be sort of a an example to follow in that way because it's it's difficult for us to remember those things about people when we're upset by them that they're like us and they're not just awful forever and i think that's a, a classy way to approach life for him to do that um, we can learn from yeah 289 what near future predictions do you have hmm well, the obvious statement is we're not out of the woods yet. But I believe that the first event that we're all allowed to go back to safely, all of us, not just allowed to go back, but all of us allowed to go back to safely is going to be out of this world. And JP is going to play pontoon in 50 ways. Also, Crystal Boudoir number three. Crossing our fingers, near future predictions. Uh, other than that, let's see. For line dance, near future predictions. I mean, we've already seen the rise of video teaching, video events. Uh, what else could happen in the near future? Hmm. I mean, depending how closely we're, we're describing near, Mason might learn to dance in the next five years. 
seems like something that Rachel would want to teach him. I don't know about the others. They're a little younger, uh, Logan and Dylan. Mm, I wonder, near future, how old is Anna now? Anna Zemanski. She's like 13? Yeah, so maybe five years from now she might be teaching an event. Who knows? I mean, she's still doing other forms of dance. She's already choreographed uh, line dances, so maybe she'll be teaching an event sometime soon. She's kind of taught at Pikes Peak already. Right, yeah, so she has that experience. It would just be dependent upon uh, her desire to do so at that point. Uh, Other than that, near future predictions for line dance. Hmm. I mean, I would try to predict anything that Seven Arrow Media has planned, but they're just so hyper-productive. There's so much that they're doing and so many ways that they're using the tools at their disposal that I can't even predict what they're going to do with that next. All the things that they have um, physically, like different forms of cameras, as well as just creatively, like the multi-person interviews that they've hosted online. Um, hmm, your future predictions. Maybe at some point in the next year, either of us will choreograph something and put it out there. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. That depends if we ever get out of this shelter in place. Indeed. Number 290. What do you need help with most often? Oh, I know I have been in situations where I am out in public, music is playing, and I want to do some dance. But again, if you do it alone, you're the crazy guy. That is something that I often need help with, is having my second person there who knows the same dances that I do to do the thing and then make you know it look like a thing so um having you know speaking from having had that experience semi-recently uh I often need help with having another person around like you co-host Megan um present there to dance the same dances uh Also, I rely heavily on my cheat sheet. So what do I need help with? I I often hear a song and think, what can I do with this? And I go to my cheat sheet. I can kind of like earball it roughly to within a few beats per minute. And then from there, I can sort of remember a few that I've seen on the cheat sheet that would go well with that tempo. But it really helps to have the physical copy of it there so that you don't have to think too much and you don't miss too much of the song. As of late, I'm going to say I need help most when it comes to staying motivated to reviewing dances. I will give myself so much leeway and slack to be like, oh yeah, I kind of know this one. I can kind of do it in my head. It's close enough. Yeah, it's not. It's very much not. So having... Like you, for instance, as someone who will want to dance these dances to keep them fresh is certainly helpful. Um, And if we're sticking with line dance specific and not like real life stuff, um, I guess I shouldn't say real stuff, everyday life stuff. This is a better way to describe that. But if we're sticking with line dance specifically, And it's something that I am entirely grateful to 
you specifically as well as all of my line dance family out there is remembering that every single one of us matters myself specifically and that you know to believe in myself essentially and it's amazing how flattered I get when people will you know compliment my dances and whatnot and how special it is to me when people enjoy my artwork that I put out there um it's something I forget that I'm capable of doing and so having others enjoy it like it really makes a difference for me and helps me on the days that I'm struggling to think that I'm good enough to keep going Hmm. two things that I often need help with uh, in choreography are one the second 16 counts if it's a 32 (laughs) count 32 count dance I I will often hear a song and 16 counts will come very easily and then the other 16 just feel like filler they don't feel like they're destined to be the other half of this dance so it'll take me a very long time to settle on a second half for the dance and then the other thing would be determining how other people will feel dancing this dance knowing that other people have different body types and preferences for body movement i will sometimes reach out to say you or others and have them dance the dance and say, oh, yeah, I, hmm. I can see how you might like doing that movement. But for some reason, it's kind of pulling when I do it. And if there's some other way to get there, then it might feel more comfortable for just my body. And I remember getting feedback on that for the dance Shine Anyway, which was the first dance I ever competed at Vegas Dance Explosion. What, 2015? I think it was 2015. Was it 16? Were you there for that? Anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2015 I, remember, I just attended. I remember watching Simon learn it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there were parts in that that were fine for me because I was feeling very bouncy that year, I guess. Uh, for others, less so. They they were feeling less bouncy and some were several decades older. So they they were curious whether there were alternatives. And I didn't really know about substituting movements in like well you could do this instead of that kind of like doing a walk walk instead of a full turn where you're turning a half and then another half i didn't even have that on my radar yet i just thought this is the dance that's how you do it (laughs) but uh if i if i had known that earlier that i could just ask someone hey would you please dance this and tell me what you think before entering into competition that may have had uh, a different outcome for the competition you had a thought? I did not. Oh, you were putting your thumb up. I thought you were trying to remember a number of thoughts. No. All right. Number 291, what piece of art, quote, art, there's the word art in quotations, would you create if you had to pretend to be an artist and submit something to a gallery? I would go with some kind of a column. Mm, how big would it have to be? Big enough to dance in but not for someone real to dance in so maybe oh looking at the area around me maybe like 
10 by 10. 10 by 10? Oh, let's go bigger. Let's go like 15 by 10. So you got to have a couple of people dancing side by side. And I would have some form of mist that's just kept circulating in this box. So it would be like a box or a rounded cylinder oval, whatever you want to call it, with mist and light. And the light would be projecting something like a hologram into the mist. So you would have a dance being danced on loop pretty much forever. Um, or maybe even multiple dances. But maybe it should start with just the dance you're proudest of, unless you wanted to go through your whole canon. Anyway, so you'd have like a hologram projected onto the, the mist so it's sort of like this ghostly performance of a line dance. And I don't even think I'd want it over loudspeakers. I think it would be something that people walk up to and put headphones on for. So it's like a silent disco sort of. And maybe you could even have four of these around a person so they can be dancing in the middle of four people. And if you wanted to get real weird with it, it could almost be like a memorial because after the people pass, let's say that the dancers that you have as holograms have passed, but they recorded themselves dancing before passing. You could sort of virtually dance with the ghosts of line dance past. And that would go into the gallery. I'm a little envious as to how quickly you came up with something that intricate and unique because here I am going okay define gallery what am I allowed to put in there does it have to be a painting does can it be a photo does it have to be a sculpture I mean like what, what are my parameters here because obviously you have moving artwork for sure but if it had to be some kind of like still-esque I think it would just be a photo of some kind of dance movement because I mean if you've seen some of the photos of like for instance ballerinas where they're like leaping through the air and how they're moving like their legs are extended and their arms and just like all the different angles it's quite spectacular so I think I would go with something like that and just claim myself a photographer <laughs> well I remember probably years ago at this point we had talked about what what a line dance museum might look like and how if you weren't just putting up like step sheets and old costumes from from events um how would you show dance and i remember thinking that picture frames with like short videos on loop of just actual dancing could work kind of like the newspapers in harry potter but seeing it this time I guess just more seems possible, like hologram dancing. Also, if you wanted to get kind of weird and you just wanted to go with the, the flat screen dancing idea, you could motion capture somebody dancing the dance all the way through and have multiple people dance that same dance so if you've ever seen the video black was it black or white 
by Michael Jackson where the people's faces morph into each other. You could watch a dance as danced by multiple different dancers like Rachel, Simon, Joey Warren, etc. And if you push a button, it just into the, it continues. It just picks up where the last person left off morphing into that new person. That could be some art right there too. Yeah. wonder how many people we could get to agree to do one of those motion capture dance sessions. I can think of some young folks in SoCal who'd be into it, but as far as people on the circuit, I don't know how many people want to get that weird. John might go for it. Yeah. All right. Looking down on the list further, we have number 292. What do you do to make the world a better place? Oh, you hand it to me. That's that's my thing for the day. That was my thing to do that makes the world a better place. Now I'm done. I don't have to do it anymore. Um, well, outside of line dance, I help animals, um, inside, I guess, essentially, it started several years back, I was on Facebook, and I noticed it was negative post after negative post after negative post, and I was starting to get very, very frustrated, and then I decided to do something about it instead of just get frustrated and be like, there's so much negativity. So I started posting things. I think it actually started in Thanksgiving. So I picked a theme of being thankful for things. And every day I mentioned something that I was thankful for. And then during December, I changed the theme to favorites. Um, January was... Um, I think joy. Um, February was things I love. March was things I felt lucky for. And, you know, you kind of get the gist of that. Um, Generally speaking, when I'm having a rough day, I ask a question such as like, tell me your favorite line dance and why. Or something along those lines that allows for people to participate and share something that brings them joy and happiness and they get to share that with me which in turn makes me feel better because I see all this positivity and you know joy that just feeds through and also you know people get to participate in something like that which always I mean who doesn't like to talk about things that bring them happiness and joy so you know stuff like that um I try and practice uh, daily compassion and patience with more than just myself, which is huge because a lot of people forget themselves in that. Um, And I have two daily practices of gratitude. Uh, I list five things in the morning that I'm grateful for and then five different things at night um, because the idea is to start my day off thinking of things that I'm grateful for And then uh, at the end of the night, I like to think about things that happened in the day that I can be grateful for. So I tend to focus on that, which allows me to be more positive in myself, which hopefully then extends outwards. And yeah, I mean, I try and just 
live as positively and as compassionately as I possibly can, which is also why I have several of the hashtags I have. Check her out online if you want to see some of those. Um, what do I do? So they're saying that in the present tense, which means I can't say things like teach dance at our local bar because we haven't done that in months. And we don't have a, a timetable for when we get to do that again. Impact on the world as you can. Hmm? I'm not going to say What did you say? You try and do a, as little impact of a negative sense on the world. Well, I mean, looking at it from a line dance perspective, um, how would that relate to line dance? Making a little... I mean, I try... I, I mean, we get on our soapboxes, but I, I prefer not to judge what other people are into uh, as far as what dances they like. If they like that dance, if it brings out something for them, if it you know, gives them a happy memory, then I might try the dance, and in my legs it'll feel like, ooh, I, I don't understand this. This feels awkward. This is a weird change of direction. But it doesn't mean I need to go to somebody else and say, hey, you're wrong for liking that dance. You should stop dancing immediately. Here's this better circuit-approved dance you can do instead. I don't know. Nah, it doesn't help anyone. It just makes everyone upset and then takes away something that they enjoy. Um, So dance-wise, again, like I would say that I teach so people are brought together by knowing a shared dance that now you know 30 of them might know because it was just taught at you know hot monk or twin oaks or at some event might be a couple hundred people but present tense the only person i've taught has been you um so maybe it brings us together with virtual someday people that we'll dance with when one of these dances like take me to church comes on which we just reviewed you'd look like you had a thought I do. You, I think it's a very positive thing, share step sheets and you tag choreographers in videos and stuff like that, which I think spreads positivity. I like that it helps the choreographers connect with people who like their dances. When people see a video and they say, what is this? And people say, oh, I don't know, here's the song that's playing. That doesn't get people closer to the choreographers who created the dance. They just know the song name. So I, I like to share, as you say, the step sheets when I can. And then people can learn the dance at home from that. And those step sheets usually have links to videos so they can follow up even with that um, if beyond the, the black and white. And sometimes they reach out to the choreographer on either Facebook in the comments or maybe they email the choreographer and say, hey, I love your dance. Just wanted to let you know. And then the person who made that dance feels great and they put out more stuff. And then they're around for a long, long time, which is what we always hope for when we have our you know, favorites in the line dance community. And you tag the choreographers in the videos. Yes. Yeah, even on YouTube when people will upload something and I know that there's no way for me to to put their the, the choreographer's name or they'll see it in their notifications, I will still put the step sheet because I think it's important that people know what they're seeing and we can all have that shared understanding as opposed to fragmented and regionally variated 
outside of line dance, something I've been doing lately. I mean, I already had kind of done it uh, many years back when I was just in this whole other phase of life in about 2008. Um, I've been doing my best to consume plants in such a way that I don't take everything from them, if possible. So, for example, if I'm eating a fruit, I will save the seeds and try to sprout them or plant them, or at least put them somewhere in nature where they can be found and you know, some animal might eat the core of an apple and pop out the seeds the other end, and that fertilizer will help the seed grow. Maybe, maybe, that's the hope. Um, if it's a stalk of celery, which I've been eating a lot of lately, I can chop away just the outside stalks for eating and save the inside stalks, which have little leaves on them, and I probably won't really want to eat them. They're kind of bitter you know, when I've had them in the past. Uh, I can take that stripped away stalk, uh, that, that heart of celery, and I can put it in water. With water, roots will grow, and eventually, when the roots look like they're strong and sturdy enough, you can put the whole thing into soil. So while, yes, the celery does lose some of its body, it is not completely destroyed. And I like that these plants and I can have sort of a sharing of resources and enjoyment of what the other has to provide. So that celery lives on in my kitchen and I breathe on it and give it lots of CO2 and then it breathes back on me and I get lots of oxygen and we're happy together. Um, also, I have been sprouting avocado pits and I've been eating a lot of avocados lately as well. Uh, those, you just put some toothpicks in and submerge half of the avocado in water and root shoots down to the bottom and then you have the leaves come out the top. Uh, and again, I get to enjoy a delicious California avocado and support the state economy. Woo! And the avocado doesn't just get thrown in the garbage with its pit and skin uh, after I've gotten what I wanted from it. We, we work together. I like to do that when I can. I still, I haven't done that with cell or uh, not celery carrots yet because I haven't come across carrots with uh, the the leaves out the top. Usually the leaves are cut off, but I would like to find a place that sells carrots so that I can do that with them. I have just recently sprouted some garlic because I did not eat the garlic fast enough or quickly enough, um, and it started. It said, "All right, if you're not going to eat me, I'm going to put some leaves out. I'm going to shoot some." some attempt at survival out into the into the kitchen so I said, all right you win and i put him in soil um yeah I, I like having that relationship so that i don't just feel like i'm taking from nature and as you may notice or may have noticed i haven't said anything about uh, animal products and lately megan and i haven't been eating uh, meat of any kind any kind of animal flesh uh, nor have we been drinking the cream of any kind of animal no milk um, and we also haven't been having eggs. No animal byproducts. No animal byproducts. And also, uh, I, I haven't followed up with you about any of this, uh, but uh, when I've been buying things like toothpaste and even floss, there, believe it or not, there is vegan floss. Uh, I knew there would be. Yep, right? Yeah. The, the, anything in, involving manufacture, as much as I can, I've been trying to find in a form that does not hurt um, 
animals because they know hurt. They, they experience hurt. And I, I would prefer not to contribute toward that. Uh, also, I like to buy uh, locally where possible yep. because that means there's less transportation of goods and thus fewer emissions of uh, CO2 and other pollutants that would contribute toward the heating of this planet, which seems like it's is already strongly underway as as evidenced by wildfire seas in the last few years, which shouldn't be a thing, but it is. And the crazy storms we've been seeing. No, I uh, disagree there. Yeah, there's a lot been going on with that. So we just try to do what we can to not make it worse, even if we can't make everything better. Which leads us to question 293. What's the best and worst thing about the country you are from? Megan? <laughs> Watch the news! <laughs> oh, dear Lord, help me. Um, I'm going to sum it up. With I am from the United States of America, and in one word, the best and worst thing about my country is its diversity. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an answer. That's for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, worse is really I've. Uh, we've we've anyone who's been here or even in other countries just looking in you you can kind of get a sense of how many several handfuls of things you can choose from um and, and as far as best i mean that dog video you showed me earlier was cute it's funny i i appreciate the many pet videos i have seen that have originated from this country um I like how many line dance events we have here. I agree. As well as the makeup of the playlists. Uh, I know that there are there are some others overseas, but I think the number of them that we have here is something to be grateful for. Uh, oh, you have a thought. I can only say this because I have yet to attend an event outside of the United States. So I may be very wrong in the sense of like, this is the best thing about my country. I love the variety of dance events we have here. Everything from your one day, one room, you know, until 11 o'clock at night to something like Windy City, which goes 24 hours, thank you JP and uh, Louis for that experience, to a week-long event like Vegas, to the open welcome party in the country bar at Pikes Peak, to having a dance event that involves kids for fun in the sun. Like we have so many different kinds of dance events with all kinds of variety that really st really really speaks truly to the there's something for everyone in the United States for a line dance event that's pretty much what I can say 
I think is one of the best things we have here. Again, I don't know if that's the case anywhere else. So I'm not just, you know, discrediting if that happens over in the UK or Ireland or anything like that, because if it does, then I love that too. But that's from my personal experiences where I'm at. Uh, also, in in your list, I noted there there's one. Uh, I noticed that there's one form of dance event that we have very little experience with, and that is the line dance cruise. You can even dance in international waters, but coming from a port in the United States. Uh, I would also want to highlight the music that we have in this country for line dancing, such as, hey, country music. Um, And although there are dances that we know to songs by international or uh, extranational artists, most of what we do, I would say, is from American musical artists. So I'm glad that this country popped out a lot of those. Um, one of, I don't know if I'd call this a worst thing, but definitely a drawback. Or maybe it's just a function of us being so familiar with what we hear in the States. I'm a little sad we don't have more accents. I love the accents that we hear from instructors out of, as you say, UK and Ireland, uh, Australia, uh, the Netherlands, even Canada a little bit. But in the United States, we only really have Joey Warren from, let's see, Virginia or somewhere over there. Go ahead. To be fair, if you ask Joey, he could say we have accents. This is true. <laughs> yeah, mostly our 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 folks here are instructors like Michael, Michelle, Jill, John. Joe has a little bit of an accent. She's got that Texas accent that comes out sometimes. But mostly, yeah, they just kind of speak like the evening yeah. evening news. Yeah, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say like Scott has an accent either. Hmm. Hmm. Um yeah, well, I guess that pretty well covers that question. Got some worsts, yes, but a lot of bests. A lot of bests to focus on. <laughs> what? Good. We now have Rachel and Darren. <laughs> That's true. We stole them. They're ours now. <laughs> Number 294. If you were in charge of renaming things so that their names would be more accurate, what names would you come up with? Hmm. I mean, it would be nice to have some consistency with terms like beginner, absolute beginner, novice, um, improver, intermediate, advanced. Uh, so I think having, I've heard that the number system works well in, a, in some other parts of the country or other countries where you just say it's number one through seven, but it's so subtle to say that it's high improver or low intermediate. So I would just get rid of some of these names that are open to way too much interpretation and have a standard that's unambiguous. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) Choreographer unknown would not exist. That's true. That's true. Uh, Maybe you could say like choreographer not listed or unknown to this step sheet maker or something along those lines. Uh, Let's see. If you were in charge of renaming things, their names would be more accurate. I mean... 
I feel like Line Dance Podcast is very accurately named, so I don't think I would, I would, I wouldn't change it at all. But you had a thought? I was going to actually go off of the choreographer unknown a little bit further, mm. saying it is not an option. So if you don't know who the choreographer is, you don't get to write the step sheet. Mm. Interesting possibility. Mm. I think that there should be more step patterns with names. Even though coaster step, I don't understand the, the etymology of that. I don't know the origin. Um, oh, you're thinking like serpiente? Well, I, I, I don't mind. See, like if it has a name, then you can lump certain movements together. For example, walk, 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 kick, back, 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 touch. Apparently that's called a stroll. We just never call it that. Oh. Yeah. And, um, you know, side behind, side touch let's say that's a grapevine but it's just a small number of counts that you see in so many dances it's easier to shorthand it to a certain term i think there should be more names for for things that happen like that so for example we have a a rear coaster step which is back together step forward or you have a forward coaster step which is forward together step back so the thing that you do where you like and step together step back is that like you couldn't call it like a syncopated coaster step because the coaster step is already syncopated but it moves the syncopation to a different place than you might expect i guess instead of one and two it's and one two yeah it it i i think that there should just be a different name for it when you do something like that or other patterns that like okay so like a ch- uh, chase turn is fine but again when, what do you do when you like change the syncopation on that or what if you chain movements together d- which one do you call it by because it's like two in one anyway i think it would be nice to have more shorthands so that you can summarize dances down to their parts a little more easily or that weird that weird heel thing that that Rachel does in um, in Let It Out. Like, what is that? It's it's fun, and she called it something based on like Shane and his typical movements. But like, if that were done more often, eventually you'd have to name it because like it's a, it's like a swivelly thing. It's kind of like an Applejack, but it's not. It's easier for people to understand once they have something to call it. Look up lexical theory if uh, if anyone wants to learn more about lexical theory. It's the it's kind of this idea that we give names to things that uh, we deem significant, and if we don't name it, then we're taking away its significance. Um, I wonder if we have time for this last one. What's better, broken than whole? Steps in a dance. If you're going to be learning it, what do you mean? You have to break down the steps. So you have to make it smaller for people to be able to learn it. Yes. So you can't just be like, here's 32 counts. There you go. You know the dance. You have to be like, okay, here's the first four counts. Here's the next four counts. Uh, If we're looking at line dance, I would also say a Chicago deep dish pizza at Windy City Line Dance Mania. Because if you try to eat the whole thing, you're going to make yourself sick. But if you break it into many slices and share it in the hallway, you'll make many friends. I think that's just about it for this episode of Line Dance Podcast with uh, Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We thank you so much for tuning in yet again to our show. Until next time, we will see see you on on the the dance dance floor. floor.